0: this is sean mandoli and i'm the pastor of sanctuary la and you're listening to our podcast thank you for joining us i hope this message encourages and inspires you remember to follow us on social media at my sanctuary la and enjoy the message you guys may be seated thank you worship team Hallelujah! Anybody glad you can come to church and worship God? Lift your hands, give God a shout, do a little dance. You know what I'm saying? I think we could stretch ourselves in the dance category a little bit. But um, but uh, all right, here we go. Oh my goodness, we have a guest here today, everybody. Here we go. Oh, look at that! Isn't she beautiful? Here we go. This is uh, Luciano, Paul Mandoli. Yeah, he is Italian. All right, guaranteed. Um, so there he is. I told you I'd get Mama to church today, didn't I tell y'all? <laughs> okay.
1: We tired. We tired. Tire. All right. But uh, but yes. Did you want to say to see him, because I know all of you are, have been part of this journey with us. <laughs> um, but yeah, here he is. He's out of the belly, <laughs> alive and well and healthy. So thank you all for your prayers, for your, for everything um, up until this point, and even now. It's we really appreciate it. It's been you guys have been such a blessing to our family, and we're so thankful for you. So I know that he's going to come to know every one of you in a very special way. Um, But thank you, everyone. Here he is, Luciano. I wish I could say I'm feeling like better, like not so tired, but I feel like triple tired now, (laughs) even more so than before. But um, he's he's a good baby. He's not colicky or anything, and so that's a blessing. But yeah, here he is.
0: Mark chapter 9, holy ground. All right, look at your neighbor and tell them, I'm, I am standing on holy ground. All right, we're going to conclude, conclude this series today about holy ground. And um, uh, we're just going to look at this story here in Mark chapter 9. And, uh, and then we'll get on out of the sanctuary so we can eat some food and hang out with each other. So I won't be too long with you, all right? All right, so let's just pray here before we, uh, before we get into the word here. Uh, once again, Mark chapter 9, and I'm going to start um, in verse 9. I'm sorry, verse 1. I'm sorry, uh, Mark chapter 9, verse 1, and share some things. If you want to follow the notes and the scriptures, um, just download our app. They are on our app, and there's fill-in-the-blanks there, so we try to provide those notes for you so you can follow right through our app. Uh, sermon notes and the podcast will be up there as well um, by this uh, this evening Uh, so let's pray father we just thank you for your word I pray right now in this moment uh, Lord that that I wouldn't speak but that Christ would speak through me I pray that I wouldn't speak to those that are in here I pray that I would speak to the Christ in them and just as Moses spoke to the rock and water was to come out I pray that I speak to the rock in them and that living water pours forth that out of their belly will flow rivers of living water as a result of the Christ in me speaking to the Christ in them. In Jesus' name I pray. Everybody said, All right, here we go. I just want to give a little background before I read this. This is at a time the disciples were with Jesus probably three years already. So a few chapters after this is when they start to plot to kill our Savior, right? So they're with them. They're walking with him. And right now in this moment, the story about to read, the disciples are a little confused. They're kind of wondering what's going on. Um, Jesus said, who do you say that I am? And um, Peter said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God and all that good stuff. And, and, um, you know, and, and Peter wanted to stop him from fulfilling his destiny. He said, Peter, you know, he didn't say, Peter, get behind me. He said, Satan, get behind me. And so there was a moment here right before he starts, he takes three disciples up on a mountain to be transfigured before them or glorified, or he's going to show his future state, if you will, um, to them that at this moment, they're wondering what's really going on. Have you ever been walking with God and you're like, God, I love you. I'm walking with you, but what is really going on? Am I the only one? Yeah, I know. Some of you are honest out there, I guess. But here they are, you know, they're in a moment here. And just before this, you know, and he said, if you want to come after me, you have to deny yourself. And he spoke to them that he was gonna to have to suffer. And, and he would be, he would rise again the third day. And so the disciples are finding themselves walking with him for three years. And they're in a place of like, what is really happening? And even at the cross, they still didn't quite know what was happening. That's so why they all left, the ladies hung around. Went to the tomb and all that. So, um, so he takes them up on a high mountain. I want to encourage you with this right here. We're talking about holy ground. They're going to have a holy moment. They're about to have a holy moment. And God knows the time, the moment, where we most need a word. We, and many times, um, we're like, anybody ever feel like you, God could do something in a moment and he doesn't do it in that moment? You know, maybe you, I don't know what it is. I mean, there were times that I wanted to get married, and I'm like, Lord, I'm following you. I'm a tither. I go to church. Like, where is my woman? Anybody? Come on now. Come on, single ladies. You know, sometimes you're like, Jesus, I'm serving you now. I ain't at the club no more. Where is my man at? Come on, ladies. Yeah, you all quiet in here. I know. Presbyterian church, huh? <laughs> but, but, but they're in a moment here, and God knows the moment, the time to do something right there. And, 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 and God is not far from us. He's right there with us, and they're about to have a holy moment. He's about to take them on a mountain, and, and he's gonna, they're about to encounter something new and profound that they have never seen. They've, they've seen some things. I'm talking three years now. So they've seen miracles. They've seen some things go down, but they're about to experience something they've never seen before. And I want to encourage you right now that, that even as much as God has done in your life, that there is more, there is more. You don't have it figured out. I'm here to tell you, I might be a pastor and I do read my Bible, but I don't have God figured out. I understand like, you know, doctrine and proper teaching. Yeah, but there is things about God that I have not yet seen. I don't have them figured out. And next time you're around somebody that they act like they do, they, got, they know it all. They got it all. They got, they got it all figured out. You know, they got predestination figured out. They got the, I don't even have the Trinity figured out. I mean, I believe that there's a Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, but come on now. Like, put that in your theological pipe and smoke it. Trinity, what is that? Like, three in one, like they each do something different, but they're the same God. Anyways. Here we go. Verse 1, chapter 9. And he said to them, Assuredly I say to you, here it is, that there are some standing here who will not taste death till they see the kingdom of God present with power. Here it is right now. And he's about, to, he's something about to go down and he's going to show them the kingdom of God in power. They're, they they they're at a funny place. They don't, they're, they're kind of like wondering what's really going on. And he's like, look, I'm about to show you some things. Some of you here, the three he's about to take, I'm going to show you some things. The kingdom of God present with power. Let's just say that together. Repeat after everybody say the kingdom of God present with power. The Bible says the kingdom of God is in you. The Bible says the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God is not some physical location. It's inside of you. The righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, he's going to show them the kingdom of God present with power. Verse 2. Up on a high mountain apart by themselves. Somebody say holy ground. He led them up on a high mountain apart by themselves. Or yeah. them. And this is my, uh, I, I just have some points here. If you're taking notes and you'd like to take notes, but here it is, Jesus is leading you so you can know him more. That is God's whole heart for you. That in your walk, in your journey with God, Jesus is leading you through whatever it is you're going through and to wherever it is he's taking you specifically for your life. And at the top of our savior's list is so that you will know him more. It's not so you're comfortable, it's not the top of his list. In his presence is a fullness of joy and the Holy Spirit is our comforter. But when you're on a journey with God, his main heart for you is that he would be known by you. That his, his sheep hear his voice, he knows, they follow him and he knows them apostle paul said that i might know him the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings there is a way we know god in a resurrection power experience but i'm here to tell you there's always something you will discover about god in your suffering you will not discover on the mountaintop and so god's heart is that he to lead us so we can know him more So his clothes became shining exceedingly white like snow, such as no launderer on earth can whiten them. And other, um, you know, this is in Luke. It's also in Matthew. uh, And so, you know, uh, other ones just rep this part, this verse 3 part here is like lightning. You know, could you imagine You know, you're up on a mountain, next thing you know, Jesus, you know, I mean, he's rocking his garb and he's got his sandals on, you know, and all that. Next thing you know, he looks like lightning. Like, talk about an encounter with God. What, what if, like, what if, like, Jan came to church, say, man, I saw Jesus last night, man, he's looked like lightning, you know, and I'd be like, wow, that's amazing. Think, think about, and this is the thing, this is my second point, I, I'm gonna give you some points and we'll be done here in, in not too long. There is more to discover about God. I already said that, but there's more to discover about God. And this is the thing, man, he's about to die. And one of the, um, and one of the, uh, I think it's in, in Luke or Matthew, it talks about how, um, when Elijah and Moses show up here, that they're talking about his death, that he's gonna be taken. And so here they are, they're following the Savior that says, I'm gonna die. And he shows them a future picture of what it's really like. And this is what I want to encourage you with. It doesn't matter what you're going through, it doesn't matter where your mind or your soul is at or God what's really going on. I'm here to tell you, you gotta keep the end in mind. He was glorified before them. He was white as snow. He was like lightning. I mean, just bright. What did he show them? That He showed them that I am the God. I'm going to rise again the third day. I, you might be walking with me in my human state, but there's something about me that cannot stay in the grave. And so it's, it's powerful that he, he showed them his future state. And I'm here to tell you, I just want to encourage you, church, that you serve the, the creator of the universe, you serve a God that death couldn't hold him. You serve a savior that, that, that came out of the grave. You, you don't serve a defeated God. You don't serve a God that doesn't know who he is. You don't serve a God that does not know what he's gonna do today. You serve a glory, glorified God. To Him be the glory and the honor and the power and the dominion forever. And you might say, well, I'm going through this, Sean. But you serve a God, the God. To Him be the glory and the power and the dominion forever. Well, it's tough right now. But you serve a risen Savior. That He's the beginning and the end. I mean... If you think about it, there they are. He hasn't gone to the cross yet. It's almost like God just went over here in the future, glorified state, walked by and said, this is what I'm going to look like in a couple of weeks, guys. It's going to get better. He's showing them that I, I win every time. Show them. That it's going to get crazy. People are going to come after me. Peter, you're about to chop somebody's ear off. I'm going to start sweating drops of blood in the garden, but let me show you something. Let me give you an encounter of your, of the the true condition of the God that you profess. Of the savior, the person that you're following. Like lightning. Light. It's no coincidence we named our son Luciano. Means bearer of light. He's a little white boy, too. His mama's black, but he looks a little white. He <laughs> got he got. He got, the, uh, he got daddy's complexion. They kind of darken a little bit over time and all that, but still. Little, he came out really white. Somebody say, somebody say white like lightning. Come on. <laughs> it's prophetic. His clothes became shining. Exceedingly white like snow. Like, why is he showing that, them that now? His power encounter. And things are about to, um, in the natural world, it's about to get worse, but he's like, no, I'm going to come out the other side. This is who I am, and he only took three of them. He only took three. I'm here to tell you, if you, if you lean into God, you're going to see things and experience things from God. Other people may not. I just want to encourage you. He took three. He handpicked them. He selected them. He said, come with me. I'm here to tell you, man, if you're hungry for God, you're going to experience things. You're going to partake of things that other people may not. It's not about, ooh, I'm better than you, ooh, I'm more holy than No, no, it's like I'm actually worse than you, and so I need to go after God a little harder than you because I got issues, and I got problems, and I have a mind, and I have emotions, and uh, you know what I'm saying, and people get on my nerves sometimes. Say, so, hey, man, come on, people. But he took these three and he showed them his glorified state. Here it is, verse 4. We're just going to walk through this. And Elijah appeared to them with Moses. Uh Uh-oh. And they were talking with Jesus. And so they understood. They knew who Moses was. They knew who Elijah was. And here he is in a glorified state, and he's showing them that I am the fulfillment. So Elijah, here I'm going to teach you a little something here. Elijah represents the prophets. Moses represents the law, basically the whole Old Testament. Here's Jesus, the Savior, getting in trouble by the Pharisees not too long before this. And Jesus saying, no, I, we are in agreement here. The Bible says that um, the law Moses and the prophets Elijah prophesied until the days of John. They spoke of Jesus, the whole law. What they saw right there, wow, the whole law is pointing to him. The prophets are pointing to him. He's the fulfillment of, of, of the Torah, the five first books of the Bible. He's the fulfillment of every prophetic word given. If you read all throughout that, he's pointing. He, he's connecting the dots here. And I want to encourage us just on our own walk with God. I, I, I believe this is, this, is, this is powerful here, is that many times you've got people in the church, and, man, they're like all law, man. They're like right or wrong, you know. You know, whatever it is. They're like, no, that's a sin. That's a sin. Now, smoking's a sin. I don't smoke, just so you know. But you got people, they just lean towards the law a lot. Anybody know anybody like that? You're like, yeah, I try to avoid people like that. But, but, but there's nothing wrong with that. The, the law isn't bad and, and, and rules aren't bad. The Bible says the law is a schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. So the Bible even says the law is good. I know it's not popular nowadays. Bible says, my Bible says, the law is good. And it's a schoolmaster that brings us to Christ. And so we aren't under the law and we aren't under the judgment of the law because Jesus came to fulfill it. But Jesus never threw out the law. By the power of the Holy Spirit, we are empowered to live the law. We're empowered to live a life free of adultery. We are empowered by the Spirit of God to live a life free of pornography. We are empowered by the Spirit of God to live a life free of gossip and perversion by the Spirit of God. So, so the, the law is, is good and it brings us to Christ and forgiveness in Christ and the Holy Spirit empowers us to live it. And then you got other people over here, uh, uh, the, you know, the, the, the prophets. So you had the law, which is basically God's structure and standard for living. And then you have the prophets, which is really that creative kind of flow with God, you know. Then you got the prophets, and everything is a vision and a dream. And every, you know, depending on the color of shirt you're wearing, they're going to see something in the spirit on you. Right? You know, but, but Jesus is there saying, I've come to fulfill both. That we need structure in our walk with God. And we need the flow of the Spirit and the demonstrative expression of God that comes in creative ways that don't fall in linear lines. And if we don't have both, we're missing Christ. And so if we just, you know, um, if that's why the Bible says, you know, God came to to, to bring apostle, prophet, pastor, evangelist, and teacher for the equipping of saints, for the work of the ministry. Why? Because we need the structure of the Word in our life. It's what Moses represents. But we need the flow of the Spirit in our life. We can't have one without the other. Right? Because, you know, if you just have the Word, you you could dry up. I know a lot of people that know the Bible, but they are dead as a doornail. But they know the Bible better than Jesus. (laughs) Well, I'm not saying that as a statement. I'm saying that's how they think. So don't. You know, anybody ever meet anybody like that? I mean, they, they, I mean, you get around them, you almost feel uncomfortable, like, oh my gosh, I might miss it here. I might, I better be careful what I say. Because uh, there might be a heresy come out of my mouth. <laughs> anybody know what I'm talking about? Like, they're just like stuffy, like. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And that's not God. The law is good, the word is good, but if God doesn't breathe on you know, if you just have the word, you'll dry up. If you just have the spirit, you'll blow up. You'll drift. Like, come back here. Get your feet back on the ground. What's the Bible say? You need both. Look at your neighbor and say, you need both. If you just have the word, you'll dry up. If you just have the spirit, you'll blow up. If you have both, you'll grow up. Look at your neighbor and say, I want to grow up. I want Moses and Elijah. I want Moses and Elijah. I want to value both. I, 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 we to, as a local church and as a believer, you have a high value for both. And you might be, Pastor, I'm more moved towards the structure side because prophetic people kind of trip me out. <laughs> and some of you prophetic people, you're like, man, I like the prophetic side because the structure people kind of bore me out. I don't even know if that's a phrase. But, right. but we need both. We need both. It's God, God, will, God, The Bible says that he has built his house on the foundation of apostles, structure, and, and prophets flow. It's both, it's both, it's both, it's both. He appeared in a glorified state with the law, structure, and Elijah, prophet, flow, both. He's talking to the, to the early church planners. This is how you do church. You need structure and you need flow. You can't have one without, the, one without the other. It's how God operates. It's the foundation of this house. We want both. We want both and. We don't want either or. Somebody say Amen we want both and and some, some folks coming here they might say wow it's a little wild and then other folks might come and say man we need to get more wild that's that's good I, I don't mind i don't mind the tension of dealing with both sides and both both types of people both both like if you you know some people say left brain right brain i'm just saying it's just in god is the law and the prophets it's both and that's where you come up with camps. you got like a prophetic camp, and then you got a word camp, and then you got this camp, I don't know what this camp, you know, some other camp, I'm trying to be in that camp. But, you know, but, but God desires that we have both and that we don't have to pick a side. Somebody say amen. amen. All right, here we go. All right, verse 5. Um, then Peter answered and said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. I would say that too. I mean, I'm looking at Moses and Elijah and Jesus looking like lightning. I'd be like, "Hey, this is good. This is good, right? It's good." Here's my third point. If you're taking notes, it's good for you to spend time with Jesus. I know it's simple, but it is good for you to spend time with Jesus. Sometimes when I get a little frustrated and I get a little testy, my wife says, "Do you need to spend time with Jesus?" Real conversation. It happens every so often. Do you need look at your neighbor and say, "Do you need to spend time with Jesus?" (laughs) <laughs> has anybody ever said that to you said it to yourself say it again find somebody else ask him say do you need to spend some time with jesus so he says good we're here it's good for us to be here let us make here it is let us make three tabernacles one for you one for moses one we're talking about holy ground we're talking about an encounter with god a power encounter with god and he's like and peter's like man this is good He's in the presence of God. He's a man of God. He is a future church planner. He's the one that's going to preach on the day of Pentecost. I mean, this man's got a future in the kingdom of God. He's, about to, he's going to write one of these books. He's having an encounter with God, and it is good for us to be here. He got that right. Then he says, let us make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. Verse 6, because he did not know what to say. You ever met anybody that they just talk, and they don't know what to say, but they're just still talking? That's Peter, man. Like, anybody else got that problem sometimes? Yeah, okay, I see a hand in the back. They're, they're raising their hand because they're in the back, nobody can see them, but I see them. But some people just talking, like, for no, you ever, like, would you be quiet? Anybody ever had those thoughts? Come on, talk.
1: Yes, a lot,
0: yeah. I'll be honest with you, sometimes I am the talker. If you know who I am, and yes. My wife is shaking her head, yes, yes. Tell the truth, Bishop. But here's Peter in the presence of God and talking too much. Because he did not know what to say, for they were greatly afraid. He's just talking because he's scared. You ever get those people too, like they laugh, but they laugh because they're scared or nervous? (laughs) Anybody know? Like it's just a reaction. Here's the thing. I want to encourage you with this. Is just because you're in the presence of God and you're walking with Jesus doesn't mean you're not going to miss it along the way. Peter missed it. This was not God's intention to build a tabernacle for Moses, Elijah, and himself. And here he is in the presence of God, but he missed it. And this is the thing, if you never missed it and have never had to, had to like say you missed it, you're missing it. I'm gonna say it again. If you've never missed it, never said you missed it, you're missing it. Why? Because here he is in the, and sometimes I think because we're in the presence of God, and we're hearing from God and we're walking with God we think that what how we're interpreting it is always right it is not and sometimes you won't confess it till years later you'll go you know what hindsight's 2020 20. i missed it back in 2008 and that, this isn't he's not a heretic he's not he's not causing he's not off he's not in error he made a mistake he missed it in the presence of God. He, You know, he's in there. And so what I want to say is we have to be humble enough to submit what our perception of what God is doing to those around us and not be like, well, God told me. Uh, yeah. And so many people are like, God told me this. And it's off. And they still stick to it. Because they've confused the fact that God has graced them with his presence, that every interpretation they have is right on, and it's not. Many times, as I said last week, many times where we miss it is timing. I'm not saying God's not talking to you. I'm not saying your name isn't Peter and on this rock I'll Build My Church. I'm not saying, Peter, you're not gonna write one of the books of the Bible right now, bro. You're in the presence of God. You're walking with me, but you're missing it right here. This isn't my intention. And I believe right there, there is power in humility. That In the in community, he's got some other dudes around him that are like, dude, I think you're off, homeboy. They didn't say that, but they didn't jump on his bandwagon either. And so we have to be mature enough to be in the, those of us that are in the presence of God, that are walking with God. Man, is this, am I on with this? Is this, you know, am I hearing from you, God? And not just to come like it's, like you're coming, like with the law of your interpretation. I hope this is ministering to somebody here today. And look at you will miss it from time to time. You will, we will, we will, you know, we will have extremes of things and, and we need to say, God, you know, and not feel like your whole spiritual walk is crumbling down just because you admit that you missed it in a moment. can't tell you how many times I've missed things and it's part of the journey. And I'm here to tell you as a community, we aren't gonna condemn you or or, or or reject you because you're missing something in the moment, in the timing, in the flow of what God is telling you. There is power in humility, church. And it's us that are in the presence of God that if we aren't humble enough to say, man, I think I was a little off there, that is trouble. Somebody say amen. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. Then Peter answered and said to him, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here and let us make three tabernacles one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. Verse six, because he did not know what to say, for they were greatly afraid. Verse seven, and a cloud came and overshadowed them. Look at this. He missed it, and God's still moving. God's not going to reject you and and not continue his walk with you and not like you it's just it's part of our journey is figuring out this thing called walking with God. And God's here comes a cloud after he says something goofy. Here comes a cloud after he says something that God's not going to do. Wow. Look at the graciousness of God. God's like, man, you're missing it, but check it out. I'm just like, keep moving. How many of you has God still moved on your life even though you've messed up? How many of you would say, man, he's moved on my life most when I've messed up? <laughs> like, like where I'm like, man, I'm missing it big. And then boom, he blessed you. Like, oh, God, please, thank you. I don't deserve this. Anybody? Anybody? Can you relate to me? The cloud came. After he got off, he was off. A cloud came, and oh, was talking about holy ground here, people. And a cloud came and overshadowed them, and a voice came out of the cloud. So many times in the Old Testament with Moses, when it was on the, he would go, and the, the cloud would come over the temple, and God would speak to him through the cloud. The cloud came on Mount Sinai. That's where he got the commandments. It's a cloud. the cloud. Bible says well, we're surrounded by such a great a cloud of witnesses. And I'm here to tell you right now that the voice of God is in the cloud, and the cloud is always in community. So many times in Scripture, the presence and glory of God was there among a company, among a community. God's presence here when we worship isn't because of the color of the carpet or or whatever, or the aesthetic, or the fact that we have a couple blue lights shining over my head. God's cloud and glory responds to community that worship. It's more... more, time, more times than anything I've seen is the cloud, the glory of God came when there was more than one person. Or it was on somebody, but the community looked and went, wow. It was amongst community. So hearing, here's my, here's my, uh, my next point. I only have one more after this. Hearing God's voice is the key to your future. Hearing God's voice, is the, wh- what's the key to my next thing? Hearing God's voice. Wh- where do I go next? Hearing God's voice. What is, what, is, what is my next, uh, Pastor Sean, hearing God's voice. What, that next step, hearing God's voice. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. And a cloud came and overshadowed them and a voice came out of the cloud. A voice, the voice of God saying, this is my beloved son. Hear him. Hear him. I believe right now the voice of God is in community. You're going to hear the voice of God when you're in community. Here it is. There's three guys, Peter, James, and John. The voice of God was in a, came from the presence of God in a community of people. Came in community. Jesus was there. Structure was there. Prophetic flow was there. Presence. Bam! The voice of God. The recipe for the voice of God in the local church environment is when there's a community. The presence of God and structure and there's the flow of the Spirit. That's where you're going to find the voice of God. Here it is, my last point. God's voice is found in community. Verse 8. Suddenly, when they had looked around, they saw no one anymore but only Jesus with themselves. Look at your neighbor and say, only Jesus. So every, you know, as we conclude this series, Holy Ground, every encounter, experience, Worship experience, whatever you want to call it, we have. Holy moment. It should all leave us with just Jesus. Jesus. It's all about Him. I say, it's not about anything, It's not about the thing. It's not about what I saw. It's not about this. It's when you leave that moment, in the midst of missing it, in the process, He left it with Jesus alone. The only thing that we desire as a community is that Jesus is glorified. That Jesus is the preeminent one, the only one. That at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. Suddenly, when they had looked around, they saw no one anymore but only Jesus with themselves. Somebody say holy ground. Now, as they came down from the mountain, commanded that they should tell no one the things that they had seen till the Son of Man had risen from the dead. So they kept his word, this word to themselves, questioning what the rising from the dead meant. Here we go again. I'm gonna close with this. They come out of an encounter, and they're still like, man, I wonder what's really going on. But they had Jesus. They had Jesus. And I love this because... Um, holy ground, and having those moments with God aren't intended to answer all your questions, and they won't. And I'm here to tell you right now. I said it last week. In the heart of God is not that he's understood by you. He doesn't desire to be understood all the time. He desires to be believed and obeyed. They walked out of there, and they still didn't understand some things. an encounter so if they were able to have an encounter with God just powerful, think about this this is such an anomaly in scripture and they come out and they still follow him not quite understanding the death, the burial and the resurrection just yet and I just want to encourage you right now ask you this question what is God telling you right now what is his what is it what is it in your life what is that that he desires to simply be believed and obeyed every head bowed every eye closed Thank you for listening to the message. If you've been encouraged and inspired, give us a great review and share it with a friend today. Also, if you're ever in the LA area, join us for one of our powerful weekend gatherings. For more info and directions, follow us at My Sanctuary LA. Be blessed.